0: Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. The movies this week are Ice Cream Man and the Masters of Horror piece. We all scream for ice cream. Man, that's cold. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols, which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted.
1: I was going to say, because that means they have about the same movie taste that I do, and that's never good for anybody.
2: It's not like he recommended Splash 2. As in Splash T-O-O.
1: You know what? I don't know Splash if I've ever well. seen Splash Two, and I kind of might have to now.
2: Do you know why? Because it was one of those wonderful World of Disney sequels that nobody from the original film came back to play their role. Delightful. <laughs> it's like some guy who's supposed to be Tom Hanks. You're like, you're not Tom Hanks. We'll be acting like you are. <laughs>
1: this guy's a phony. Hey. <laughs>
2: Now I'm wondering if Eugene Levy came back for it. It
3: seems like he would. You, you get pretty far down that list of American Pie movies before you get to one he wouldn't come back for.
2: Uh, Amy Yazbek came back to play the Daryl Hannah role. Donovan Scott, who's another fat guy, plays the John Candy role.
3: Fucking racists think all fat people look the same.
2: Yeah, no, uh, no Eugene Levy, I'm surprised.
3: It just means they didn't try.
2: Yeah, Alan and Madison returned to New York one to save his business and the other to save a dolphin in captivity. Yeah, That's got to be awful.
1: I'll be honest now. I just kind of want to watch a bunch of Eugene Levy movies.
3: That's <laughs> well, not a problem. If we can track down something he was in. <laughs> Guy was the fucking...
2: I was saying, would you just throw a rocket <laughs> randomly and hit
3: one? Guy was like the, uh, the white Samuel L. Jackson for a while there.
1: Just do a bunch of what's what's the director that does the the unscripted movies that Levy and all those people are always in? Christopher Guest. Yeah. Do a bunch of Christopher Guest movies.
2: Best in Show. It's one of my
1: favorites. Best in Show and this is Spinal Tap.
3: I don't want to watch those movies. Can we not put them on the list?
1: No? You don't like Spinal Tap?
3: Uh, I haven't seen it all the way through, but I definitely just don't want to watch the Best in Show. <laughs>
1: What? Best in Show's fucking hilarious.
2: Uh, you're probably the one that likes this straight movie, and that makes no goddamn sense at all. What was that movie called? Look what you did, Doug. I have to look this up now.
3: Son of a bitch. It, it's kind of funny, though.
2: No, it's not.
3: I, from my perspective, though, try to look at things from my perspective once in a while, really.
2: <laughs> <laughs> For your consideration, that was it.
3: Uh,
1: I oh man, I forgot Christopher Did Christopher Guest direct uh, Almost Heroes? Because oh if he did, that's delightful The last Chris
2: Farley movie that was not good What? It was really funny What? What's the matter with you? Apparently directed The Attack of the 50-Foot Woman It does not look like he directed uh, Whatever lame movie you just said
1: He must have just been in it or something Probably
2: Alright Oh, good Lord. So, Doug, we, we went to a, b- a bachelor party this weekend. Yeah? Yeah.
3: Was it exciting? Uh, no. <laughs> Three or four marriages break up because, like, people found out the guys were sleeping with strippers and stuff?
2: No. Oh. If you would have seen these strippers, you would have known that wasn't true. <laughs> I would, I would,
1: yeah, I would, I would more expect there to be a fight over how depressingly
3: boring that strip club was
2: it was pretty boring
3: (laughs) that's not a good sign no one way strip clubs are just like movies cardinal sin is don't be boring
2: yeah the girls looked bored dancing because nobody was tipping them then on top of that they were calling strippers you know you know velvet to the main stage and they wouldn't show up (laughs)
1: and the Uh, DJ was playing nothing but the slowest depressing music you can like I just don't if you're in a place and you're trying to get people like to tip and be active you can't just play like old boys to men songs
3: can't you
2: no literally every song was just slow R&B like no upbeat uh, you know get your blood going kind of music is pretty bad. That doesn't sound fun at all. then we were just sitting around telling strip club stories because we were bored with the strip club we were in. And so we were not paying attention to any of the strippers. And one came up behind Noah. And what did, what did she tell you, Noah?
1: Uh, she told us if we didn't get some girls over there, people would start to think we were gay. Oh yeah. Yeah.
3: And did people actually start to think you were gay or was she just,
1: I don't know. I told her I was like, that doesn't seem like a very insulting thing. <laughs> like, who cares?
2: <laughs> yeah. ever tell,
3: uh, tell you guys, the one time when I, like, I was like way back, like when I was like twenty years old, I was in a strip club and I got called out for not clapping by the stripper. So, I Adamantly refused. She's like up on stage and she picked me out of the car. And she's like, you, why aren't you clapping? And so I just went, look, I just don't think you earned it. <laughs> 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 if my buddies are staring at me like, what the fuck are you doing You're, Or just clap. I'm like, no, 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 no.
2: <laughs> and that, sir, gives you, a, you actually did earn a slow clap for that.
3: I should have gotten one. Uh, it,
2: was,
3: it was a very entertaining moment in my life that I'd like to think back on every night. Very proud of myself for the way I handled that situation.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, actually pretty much this 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 trip I think killed my enjoyment of your strip clubs at all. So probably my last trip to a strip club, which is sad.
3: Oh keep your hopes up. You go on vacation somewhere one time and they'll be a fun looking one.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say you'll have my bachelor party eventually, and it, yeah. it won't involve a strip club.
2: I was going to say, you don't want to go to a strip club. You told me you didn't want to go to this strip
3: club. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, fuck. No, I don't want to go to a strip club. Well, I heard from a stripper that that's because you're gay, but I don't know. (laughs) Mm. I'd rather
1: rather be gay than some homophobic stripper.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's the definition of just being homophobic because you're not exposed to interacting with gay people because she's only around like heterosexual men all the time because of being a stripper. Uh, <laughs> Interesting.
2: Yeah.
3: Alright. <laughs> I think we've offended so, strippers and gay people enough. <laughs>
2: well, I do want to give a shout out to Chi Chi. She kept bugging us at the table, so I felt bad and had to give her a dollar before, before we left. Like, we had given our cards to the waitress, and we're like, okay, we're going to pay up And I gave her a dollar. She's like, oh, thanks so much. I'll be over after I get done. And I'm like, fuck. So I went back to the table and I'm like, well, this is now a race. It's like, hurry up. Give me my card. Give me my card. Let's go. Got to get out of here.
3: It's not a sign of a quality establishment when you give her a dollar. She's like, I'll be right over (laughs) for
2: $1. I was literally the only person that gave her any money because that's how sad the strip club was this night.
1: Which is unfortunate because she was very pleasant. (laughs)
3: <laughs> I don't think that's what most people are looking for although I feel I bad, bad that dollar? she can to engage in conversation
1: I feel bad that apparently she had to sell her titties to floor, uh, some guy named Troy
2: yeah she had a tattoo of the name
1: Troy on one of her boobs
3: oh no, it's good you gotta find ways to supplement your income sponsorship is very common in the entertainment industry
1: she's like <laughs> a human NASCAR
3: just Troy's product placement that's all <laughs>
1: And there was another stripper whose stripper name was Sissy, which Why why would you take that as a stripper name That's so gross
2: Chichi also had tattoos of koala bears On her, and I really wanted to be like You know pretty much every koala bear has chlamydia (laughs) So I don't know if this is A quality tattoo For you to have for your stripper uh, Enterprises But I refrained See, that's pretty much like the funnest part of the night right there was coming up with this koala joke, like after we left. <sighs>
1: this is why Next step coming to the 20. stage, the Shredder. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> see, now I would go to a strip club if, if they had strippers, like with the name of The Shredder. Like, well, I gotta see this. Like, what is this all about?
3: I would be so angry if that stripper didn't fight turtles.
2: Well, that's why I said this should come out with like the the whole spiel on. So she's got to like take a helmet off and like, <laughs>
1: it'd be it'd be very difficult.
3: She trips and it accidentally injures four people in pervert throw.
1: Throws one of her elbow pads out into the like, crowd and stabs someone in the neck. <laughs> <sighs>
2: That'd be great. Well, since we had such a sad weekend, we needed a lot of ice cream, so uh Noah um, That was a you... really, really good transition. <laughs> right. So Noah, why don't you tell us all about uh Clint Howard and the ice cream man?
1: Uh so Clint Howard plays a psychologically disturbed ice cream man. <laughs> That's the entire plot. No <laughs> uh apparently uh he saw the Ice Cream Man die or something as a child. I can't remember how the movie opens.
3: Yeah, a, the Ice Cream Man is involved in a drive-by shooting back in the 1950s.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's really crazy. And he's traumatized. They send him to a therapy place where the uh, lead doctor is a crazy person who basically tortures all of his patients and forces them to be happy all the time, which that sounds productive. Yeah,
2: no bad days here.
1: Right. Uh, so he moves out. He ends up living with the nurse from the hospital and uh, he's just a, a real crazy-ass dude who kills people and then, I'm not exactly sure, like dries out and powders their bodies somehow and mixes it into ice cream.
3: Yeah, No, it doesn't always. Sometimes he just mixes the basic parts in.
1: Right?
2: Sometimes yeah. he just drives
3: around in an ice cream truck with the buckets full of like and trails and
2: yeah, what was he like took somebody's eye and used i don't know
3: just jammed fuck. it into an ice cream thing and then no one noticed yeah. while they ate it
1: yeah he like jabbed jabbed it with a like a i can't remember what that thing's called but basically he made like marshmallows a, out of the guy's eyes for rocky yeah.
3: road
2: that's like a pit remover or something for like yeah. cherries or yeah, yeah olives or something pen. yeah that's right
3: because did you guys know that if you bite into a human eyeball with the iris removed, it actually just tastes exactly like a marshmallow, so you won't notice. That's what this movie...
1: Is, <laughs> so. Yeah. So basic. basically, it's kind of a... Uh, it's a slasher slash Kids on Bikes movie?
3: <laughs> there's like kind of a cop drama mixed in. Not oh, to mention, please. there's the whole thing where... There's the whatever you call the type of movie where the guy's just misunderstood and he just wants to be friends with the kids but people think he's a creep that part that's part of the movie it's well like that one kid that he kidnaps he's just like want to just be friends and the kids like yeah
1: and he wants he wants to be friends everyone. with the children but but he is still murdering everyone else
3: yeah cuz this movie is just tonally is such a fucking mess
0: it's, <laughs> it's
3: like like the movie opens up with the opening scene it's like it's, I think it was even in black and white and it's like or maybe just because I watched it on YouTube it was in black and white I'm not sure if that was on purpose <laughs> but it's like the 50s and the guy gets shot and he's bleeding everywhere and the little kid that's obviously going to grow up to be Clint Howard is sitting there just eating his ice cream surrounded by the blood and guts and you're like alright and he's going to grow up and he's going to be a killer in a slasher movie I'm down for that this be like a full moon type slasher movie and I can get behind that then there's like a long period of time where this is not bad because I don't really know what the fuck is going on <laughs> there's all the nonsense with the cops like raiding his house like he, he's seen kidnapping a kid and dragging him into a ice cream truck we're subjected to like a 10 minute long scene of the cops like showing up and raiding his home and his place of business they don't search the truck that he was seen dragging the kid into because that's the level of intelligence that this movie has And you're just like, I don't. Is this a trauma movie now? Is that what's happening? (laughs) And then you see like it's a it's a
1: 1994 straight to VHS horror movie.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's not a compliment. That's not a nice thing to say about movies. Yes, yes it is.
2: I feel like this wanted to be like a kids horror movie, but then like some really gross like gore scenes that aren't necessarily gory, but it's way more extreme than you would have like in a kid's movie.
3: Well, cause there's like some scenes like where he's put like human heads into waffle cones
0: mm-hmm. that are just
3: cartoonishly over the top. Like, obviously that's a, a disturbing image, but it's like, he's got this just happens to have this giant waffle cone that'll fit a human head in it. And it looks kind of funny. <laughs> and at one point he's like holding two of those up and offering them to people. Like, They're like,
2: doing a puppet show with two heads.
3: Yeah but then like I said earlier he's also driving around with just buckets of human entrails in there and scooping parts out and shoving it into people's ice cream cones and those scenes like that that gore looks pretty realistic especially by 1994 standards and you're like oh well that's that's upsetting like that's just I thought we were all trying to have a little fun with a killer ice cream man movie and now you're going to do this (laughs) and then all of a sudden it, it becomes a kids on bikes movie for like I don't know, half an hour. (laughs) Of just the kids are like, Fine, if the adults don't believe us, we'll have to prove he's a killer. And it's like, okay, we're just gonna do kids on bikes for a little bit here. Alright. And they're all dressed up in their nineties like all black like body glove gear. (laughs) Riding around on their bikes trying to solve crimes. Yeah. It's a weird fucking movie. Like it was just it was just all over the place. Like if you if you only watched fifteen minutes of this movie, you would have no idea what the movie's about. Because there's no way. You'd be like, oh, it's Kids on Bikes movie. People are like, no, it's not, idiot. Or you'd be like, oh, it's this fun movie about the killer ice cream man, and he's just doing these goofy things. People are like, no, there's all these terrible gore scenes. <laughs> like, uh,
1: I'm a yeah. little confused by you saying a movie can't be lighthearted and fun and filled with gore scenes.
3: No, I'm saying that these scenes were like the type of gore that you put in a movie About a guy who puts human heads in a waffle cone is different from the type of gore that showed up in certain scenes of this. Like, you don't have realistic looking (laughs) human organs in a giant bucket and then have him put the head in the waffle cone. Those are two different types of movie.
2: I feel like what what this wanted to be is an episode of that Goosebump show. (laughs) x (laughs) Extreme! Exactly, but then I had way more. All the stuff, because realistically the plot of a kid seeing an ice cream man abduct another kid is like, yeah, that's the setup for a Goosebumps episode.
3: Yeah, like, and the fact that he ends up just taking the kid in and just wants to be his friend or whatever feels no. like it could be the resolution to a half an hour long kid's horror story. Yeah. But then you couldn't have him feeding the townsfolk to the other
2: townsfolk. <laughs> or getting a weird needle with green slime injected into his... Yeah. His temple
3: also do you guys remember the part where for some reason the cops went back to the insane asylum to like look for his medical records or something and then all of the other prisoners had taken over the asylum <laughs> and were just like escaping and i'm like what does that have to do with the rest of the movie <laughs> i thought this movie was about one guy that got out and instead now it's all about all these people getting out
2: i don't know like, i don't feel like i got any context for that because he was released, wasn't he? And then the nurse was just taking care of him?
3: Yeah. For some reason? Yeah, like the fact, that, the fact that those other inmates had taken over that asylum was a completely separate plot point like from some other movie. It's like in Shaun of the Dead when they pass by that other group of people and then you find out the other group of people has had their own story. I feel like that's what happened here. It's like there's a whole other movie out there somewhere about an insane asylum being taken over. And in the opening moments of that movie, Clint Howard's character is just released on his own. <laughs>
1: So weird. You guys sound so negative about this wonderful movie. Yeah, it is what it
2: sounds like, doesn't
3: it? Yeah, yeah. That's that's not unintentional on my end.
2: I don't know. Well, me neither.
3: <laughs> like, I'll be honest. Like we we just said, the cardinal sin of a movie is when it gets boring, and a lot of this movie is actually quite boring
1: because once again, I. I- don't understand that because I none, not a second
3: of this movie is boring. It's all crazy and weird. You were enjoying the kids on bike stuff, yeah. I love the this scene, movie. The scene where the cop is like goes to like the one dad and is like, I think there's been reports that your daughter may have gone missing. Is she home with you? And the dad loses his mind on the cop. You were like interested in that scene, <laughs> you, you weren't going, Oh my god, I was. This is fucking I was
1: I was fine with it, because I knew in a couple seconds I'd get something like a human head and a waffle cone.
3: But it wasn't a couple seconds till the human head in the waffle cone. All the craziness, the fun stuff with the human heads and the waffle cone, all that is jam-packed at the end. And that's what I found so frustrating. If the whole movie had been that, I would have been fine with it. Or if they had just scattered like the same amount of that out throughout the movie.
1: They, I know they got little quiet. bits of it, because they got the, the eye pitting, and the, the dead body in the freezer, and all the gross shit, in the ice cream truck, and
2: yeah. The one thing I will say is we do not see any good deaths in this movie. No. We see lots of aftermath where he's handing people waffle cones with heads in them. But I feel like what it's missing is interesting kills. That yes.
3: I would agree with that. Because we do. Like at one point when he, when we see that bucket just fully human body parts, I'm like, how'd those get there? That's the movie I want to watch. Is the movie about how those got there? Just Clint Howard as a fucking Jason Voorhees wannabe running around with like an ice cream scoop killing people. It's great. He sharpens the one end of it. Come on, he does. He does knock two cops out with ice cream scoops. Yes, I (laughs) know. Not good enough. No, yeah. Like I just, I, I was just hoping this was just going to be a dumb slasher, and it it hooked me. That opening scene, the black, the black and white moments. I'm like, yeah, I'm in for this movie. And then I just kept waiting for something else interesting to happen, and it took a long time. And it's like I don't know what I'm watching here. Like I don't. I, and then, I, like at the end, it goes crazy, and you're like, "Okay." But it's been a long time since I gave a shit about anything in this movie, so it doesn't really matter if you go crazy now.
2: Also, I asked you guys over chat, who the fuck convinced all these decent enough actors to be in this movie? I told you, Ron Howard. <laughs> I guess. Because David Warner shows up, and I mean, look, David Warner's track record's not super great, but he's a really good actor. So apparently, he just agrees to be in everything. Um, David Naughton. It's like, did you have a, did you have some taxes you had to pay? So you were just taking everything. What's going on?
3: I was super disappointed when I realized who like, Olivia Hussey was playing. So I saw her name in the opening credits and I got excited. And then I'm like, "Oh, that's an annoying character for her to be playing."
2: Who is Olivia Hussey?
3: She's the nurse.
2: Oh fuck! Like, I didn't even recognize her.
3: Because that's they made they made her like an annoying, like nasally character, <laughs> with big glasses. I'm like, "No, come on!"
2: Wow. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. Thumbs down for me on this movie. Sorry, Noah.
1: You guys suck. (laughs) Yeah, I just—I
2: am happy that Clint Howard was the lead in a movie, and I wish it would happen more often. But this just did not come together.
3: Well, this is our second. This is the second movie we've done where Clint Howard was the lead, and he's like one for two now because that other one was decent, wasn't
2: it? Yeah. And
3: it's like it's not him. He's not the problem. His performance is actually really good. The problem is the movie doesn't know what it wants to be.
2: Well, I think I may know what the problem is.
3: That um, goosebumps turned down their script.
2: No. The director of this, this is the one and only movie he ever made that was not a porno. Oh. Well, <laughs> no, but see, that's... So I feel like all he's like, oh, I know how to do all these scenes. So they're all scenes with bad acting that should lead up to sex, sort of. And then he just cuts that part out. So then it's very boring.
1: It does. Right. It was probably a uh, film festival movie that just went straight to video.
3: I uh, I do think that um, it, the porn director explains that chick who's like sleeping with the one dad. Yeah. And she just like shows up at the ice cream truck and she wants to bang Clint Howard. I'm like, <laughs> why? What is happening? It's so weird. Yeah.
1: Some chicks dig a dude with a great big forehead.
2: Well, why don't you tell us what you liked about it?
1: Oh, I don't, all the things that you guys are saying are bad about <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah, That seems right.
1: I, I don't know. I like I like all the random gore bits. I think it's just cheesy and fun, and like the movie doesn't take itself seriously at all.
3: See, it's- that's my problem. Is that at times it feels like it's trying to take itself seriously. If it never took itself seriously, I think it'd be easier to get behind this movie. But like the stuff with the cops, I feel like they're trying to do legitimately good cop stuff, and they're just bad at it. Jan
2: Michael Vincent. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, like I said, I don't know. I just I don't get that same read on it. To me, this is the exact. If if I went to the <laughs> the movie store and I looked at the VHS cover of this and said, "Yeah, this is the thing I'm going to watch," then it's the right movie for me.
2: Yeah, that makes sense for you doesn't make sense for everybody else on the planet you
3: yeah, know I, like i, I guess I, like i say i was hoping for something along the lines of a full moon movie which is just like a low rent slasher where we get a very straightforward plot line just he just goes throughout the movie killing people and eventually somebody has to kill him and i'd have been fine with that i just don't understand why i guess i just don't understand why it had to go in all these weird directions The kids on bike stuff is really what got to me because like you're doing kids on bike relatively poorly, and you don't turn it into a kids on bikes movie like fucking forty five minutes in. Just not how it works.
1: I don't know. I kind of I kind of liked artificial Macaulay Culkin.
3: Yeah, (laughs) they did a really good job with that. A really good job of finding a stand-in for Macaulay Culkin. That's what (laughs) the compliment to the movie is. Right,
1: right. They were like, "We need a Macaulay Culkin ass kid, but we can't get Macaulay Culkin." You, you, tiny blonde boy. (laughs) You do look like him.
2: No, they just called up uh, Macaulay's dad and like, "Got any of those lower rate
1: Culkins laying around?" (laughs) Right. You're the page master now, kid. I don't know. Like, like I said, I like all the gore stuff. Uh, I kind of like the stuff with him and the the little kid doing their weird buddy thing, where he's basically teaching him how to make murder ice cream,
3: which is <laughs> delightful. Yeah, I again, I could probably get behind that if the whole movie
2: were about that. Yeah, so the kid just sort of disappears for like the long part towards the end. And then there's shots of him just looking out the window the whole time.
1: Yeah. And pretty much pretty much every second of the movie that uh, Clint Howard is on the screen is gold.
2: I don't but mind his performance. I feel like his performance fit the movie. Just the rest of the movie maybe doesn't fit the movie.
1: Right. I think, I think I agree with you guys that probably 30 minutes of this movie could get paired off and it would be a mm-hmm. better movie for not having that extra stuff in it. But that's not the movie we got. <laughs> no. So, watch Watch Clint Howard make people into ice cream and feed it to kids. It's delightful. Eh,
2: I say watch at your own risk.
1: Like I said, look at the cover and if you say to yourself, if I was at the <laughs> the movie rental store and I saw this sitting on the shelf, would I rent that? And if the answer is yes, then you will like this movie.
2: <sighs> All right.
3: We're at that point of the podcast where we all just give up trying to convince no one to
2: like good movies <laughs> and move on. Well, Doug, why don't you tell us about the Masters of Horror episode, We All Scream for Ice Cream.
3: Alright, We All Scream for Ice Cream is, uh, there's a group of, uh, guys that were friends when they were kids. One of them had moved out of town, he just moves back, and the other ones are, uh, randomly melting away. Um... Forward to the fact that kids are randomly wandering out of houses and being given ice cream by mysterious ice cream men. Flashback to when these guys were kids; they killed the ice cream men, and now the ice cream man is coming back and using this weird voodoo doll thing of give their own kids ice cream that's shaped like them. And when the kids eat the ice cream, the people melt. Cut to final fight between. One of the dudes and the ice cream man, where he just keeps trying to freeze him because the ice cream man's cold, so he just sprays him with water constantly. Because he think he, I think his plan is to t two the guy, right? Like he's must have <laughs> him, just smash him to a billion pieces. Yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't quite work out. I and mean, that's the that's the whole plot.
2: So, what did you think of it?
3: Um, it's a season two Masters of Horror episode, mm-hmm. which is my whole review of the thing it's it's not bad it's not good like for an hour of television it's pretty good considering this was you know pre-netflix when this was the best stuff that was making it to television Mm -hmm. but by today's standards it really doesn't hold up very well because now we've got black mirror on (laughs) like that's what i'd be doing right now be watching season five of black mirror if we weren't recording this no. and how are we gonna compare this to that? It doesn't even make sense to try, so that's just what it is, right?
2: yeah, I feel like this has a good idea, yeah, I just don't feel like it's executed very well
1: i think I think it screws it screws the pooch in two big spots uh the the reveal of the the whole melty. Ghost clown bullshit. Hmm. It's basically right at the beginning of the movie, so there's no like, well, what is it? You know what I mean? What's what's happening to them?
3: But they're, I mean, they're melting into ice cream. What what would you really want? Like, well, we just keep finding their clothes, but the people are gone.
1: Well, but the first person could just be clothes. And the other problem is, is so like three of the melt scenes are just like shitty, weird CGI. Somebody laying down in front of the camera, and, and there's a puddle of ice cream. But the the few times in the thing where it's actually practical special effects, so uh, the the asshole character I can't remember what the fuck his name is, but um, the dude, the douchebag with it's... long hair, his death scene is fucking awesome.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That whole scene is weird, though. Because like yes, his death scene is great. Like the, the puppetry work that they do when he's like melting away, is really good. But it comes at the end of like a scene where a guy is looking for his like bull- his like high- childhood bully. So he goes to the dump where the guy lives, where the old ice cream truck is also there, just by coincidence, in the background. And then that guy's in a, like a homemade hot tub. He tells him about how he raped his friend then melts and you're like okay well the melting part was cool but what the fuck just happened
2: <laughs> they're trying to make <laughs> him like a bad person but we're but we were already like yeah we know he's a bad person We know he's
3: a bad person and like he just looks like a bad person by television standards anybody with that scraggly long hair and uh weird bad handlebar him. mustache like and like yeah the, the random like yeah hey, i raped your friend he never told anyone because he was too embarrassed just gonna drop that in this fucking movie about melting people from an, an evil ice cream man you're just gonna drop the rape line for no reason yeah. and then they call back to it later on when they're discussing how much of a piece of shit the guy was yeah the guy bragged about raping people like don't do that <laughs> it's just it, the whole thing was very very strange and i'm watching it going like the performances i think are good i just don't know how this scene fits into what i'm watching
2: yeah yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I think the idea of... Because it's basically sort of like the It scenario where something happens when they're kids and then they have to come back and sort of deal with the aftermath when they're adults. Yeah. And I feel like this is good. It's got that weird, nice, like, slasher setup, you know, where they accidentally killed the clown ice cream man guy. And then, you know, shit starts happening, which I'm on board for. It's just, I don't know. The execution just was
3: not... It's not it good for me. Been, it should have been a Freddy Krueger scenario where the ice cream man came back and went after the kids that he killed. That's what it should have been.
2: Yeah. The,
3: the whole gimmick, too, of like, I give your kids ice cream shaped like you, and then they eat it, and then you melt. But the kids go into that weird zombie state and wander out to the road to try and get their ice cream. Mm-hmm. It seems very strange to me.
2: Yeah. It's a little convoluted.
3: It seems different. like if the parents just took turns sitting in front of the front door and not letting the kids go outside, that they could have solved that problem.
1: Can we all admit that the absolute worst thing about this is the one-liner at the end where he goes, "Yeah, nothing beats homemade."
3: Yeah, that is absolutely the
2: worst <laughs> thing. There's lots of horrible one-liners in this,
3: but that was the worst one, I think. That was that was the worst one because uh, he just is like, "Oh, it was food. real bad." I, I, sh- I should have mentioned that in my plot description. He makes a homemade version of the ice cream man out of ice cream and feeds it to somebody so that the ice cream man will melt away. Which is... It's also weird because he does that, but he also does the whole thing where he tries to freeze him and smash him into a billion pieces. And you're like, you had two plans on how to beat the guy? And you're just <laughs> like, that's, that's really elaborate for this weird slashery story that you're telling, is that you had two plans on how to defeat the bad guy just in case one didn't work.
0: Cherry time. <laughs> See, I didn't
3: mind that. I thought that was a reasonably creepy little chant to have going on in the background all the time.
1: See, I, I actually like the the cherry time thing. The thing I don't like is the I scream. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, okay, we get we get it. Like you've done it okay. five times now. Stop.
2: I liked it when the kids were saying it in their weird trance, yeah. dude. right?
3: And that that weird like Nightmare on Elm Street element of it, where the kids were in that weird trance being controlled by the ice cream. I liked that part of it. The idea that the kids sang the thing that the ice cream man used to say, and their I kind of wanted the parents to see them saying it and had, use that to piece together what was going on. They, then they didn't. Yeah.
2: Could have been better. Could have been worse.
3: Right. Yeah again keeping in mind that like oh seven i think this came out so oh six oh six okay so like back then masters of horror was the best horror thing on television mm-hmm. and people were excited for it And i remember having to explain to my normie friends why i'd like because it was on saturday nights and i'm like i'll come out but i'm coming out at like 11 when masters of horror is over and trying to explain to them that concept <laughs> and it's like i now looking looking at it through the prism of we have access to so much that this just doesn't hold up. But back then it was this was event television, and I was super excited to watch it every week.
2: Yeah, even by the, like the second season, it started to
3: it had started it
2: started to fall off.
3: Yeah.
1: I know I know you guys very much dislike the second season. The one thing I do like about season two is I feel like they tried to be a little truer to the premise. Because a lot of season one is real generic horror. Like it's good. Don't get me wrong. They're like the episodes are good, but it's just most of them are things that you kind of expect to be in a horror movie. Yeah. And season two is actually
3: like letting these directors loose and be like,
1: make something crazy,
3: and they're like, okay, I'll just make some. Yeah. And part of that is uh, like you're right. It's a nice idea, but I think in practice. When you've only got when you've got, you're trying to put together an hour of television once a week for whatever it is 16 weeks or something per season you want to rely on the tropes right that's how you tell a good story in a compressed time frame is by expecting people to be able to pick up on what's going on very quickly because it's the same thing they've seen in maybe if these were longer movies you could you know expand on these ideas and have more time to explain them and explore them and therefore, like you, the audience could come on a little journey with you, but you just don't have time to do that in an hour-long episode. Yeah.
2: If anything, it made me want to go back and rewatch some of my favorite episodes. Yeah, a while.
1: Cigarette burns. Cigarette burns is oh, just, I, just,
2: that's that blows every other episode, yeah. no matter what season. Like out of the water. That's yeah. He that crushed. just he crushed it. Yeah, yeah. You could separate that from as of Horror, and it'd still just be. A fantastic hour-long movie.
3: Yeah, I I almost wish that had been made into a longer movie. Mm-hmm. Like that, uh, pick me up. Pick me up's really good. That's the one where the know. two serial killers, one serial killer picks up the other. Is that the one? Yeah,
1: yeah. Where there's where there's one serial killer that's a hitchhiker that murders people that picks him up, but the other one is a serial killer that picks up hitchhikers and murders them. Yeah. I love that concept.
3: That's probably my favorite concept that ever occurred in Masters 4.
2: Let's see. Season 2 episodes. The ones I remember, like, I remember, like, in Family, the one with George Went.
3: Yeah. That was the first one, I think, that aired.
2: Uh, I liked Pelts. The one with John Saxon hunting weird, possessed raccoons. Oh, yeah. Directed by Argento. That's so since so it's directed cool. by Argento, you kind of just like, yeah.
1: Why was I thinking Meatloaf was in that for some reason? He is in that. Oh. Well, then there we go.
3: That, that's probably why. Actually, that might not be why, knowing you. <laughs> probably <laughs> some other reason why you were thinking that.
2: <laughs> probably because uh, I'm thinking
1: a delicious raccoon Meatloaf.
2: Screwfy solution I thought was interesting, but I don't remember if I ended up liking it or not. This is the one where all the men on the planet get infected by something and start becoming super violent towards women. Oh, yeah. Uh, Black Cat. The Stuart Gordon one with Jeffrey Combs is Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe. And oh. I don't remember any of the other ones. It doesn't look like I uh-huh.
3: enjoy them. I'd have to go back and rewatch. I haven't put away the box that yet, yeah, just because it's like one of my favorite box sets of all time.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
3: shaped like a baby skull, and it's just got a bunch of movies in it. <laughs> one I always thought
1: was weird. people tended to, in the first season, people tended to pan uh, Incident on and off of a mountain road.
2: Oh, I like that one.
1: Yeah, I really, really like it. Mm-hmm. And I've seen so many people shit on it.
3: Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I remember Like I haven't seen it in a while. I don't want to rewatch all of Masters of
2: War.
3: Can, we, can we start a new podcast where we just discuss Masters of Four?
2: Twenty-six episodes? Yeah. Uh or if we want to include Fear Itself, which was sorta of related.
3: Yeah. Um Did you guys ever watch Fear Itself?
2: Uh I did and I bought the the box set that has yeah. episodes. They didn't even air on TV. I don't remember if I got all the way through it though. That's not a good sign. Uh, incident i really liked dreams in the witch house i really liked dance of the dead i really liked even though it's just kind of a weird dream logic sort of movie jennifer was pretty good jennifer was good chocolate i enjoyed i think it's probably one of the weaker ones though but i still really enjoyed it homecoming i didn't see dear woman i didn't see don't know
3: why. Homecoming was a weird one. I think it's like soldiers coming back to life to vote in an election kind of thing. Yeah, it's real.
1: Dear Woman was a uh, uh, an interesting thing.
2: Yeah, I w- kind of want to watch it because I know Joe Land or John Landis did it,
1: but I haven't. I mean, it's basically a Where Dear. Yeah. So oh, all right, let's so. put it on the list. So if I say where deer" and you go "huh, yeah,"
2: then, you,
1: then it's good for you because you'll you'll be into it because it's a weird deer.
2: Uh, cigarette Burns, as we said, the best thing out of the entire series. Fair-haired child, I remember enjoying that one. Uh, sick girl, I remember enjoying because I think that's the Lucky McKee episode.
3: Yeah, it's Angela Bettis in it too, right? Yeah, it's like it's like isn't it like a she's like studying bugs and a bug like bites her and causes her to go weird
2: Uh, her girlfriend slash roommate right yeah pick me up I don't think I saw that one if I did I don't remember it hackles tail don't remember enjoying that one and then of course imprint I'm just like what the fuck
3: is this (laughs) that was fucked up man
0: thanks for calling the midnight drive in no one is here to take your call for info, check out the Midnight Drive In on Twitter at MN Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling.
2: So, we do have one piece of feedback. I got from Brian wrote us and he said do these show ideas as you may remember we said people should send us weird show ideas so i believe it was kent sent us some show ideas a while back that were crazy but we'll see so brian says hey guys i have a couple show ideas but first i got a vent so the other day i was flipping through the channels and i saw the predator roar on it's Predator.
3: No, I think that he watched the Asylum version. Uh, That's probably why he's upset. Predator Roar. Predator
1: I'm a loser, baby.
2: It was the last 15 minutes or so, and I'm folding laundry, so I figure why not? I haven't seen it yet, but whatever. So, this one guy is on that ship looking longingly at his buddy, then decides to sacrifice himself and jump. Through the ship's engine, causing it to crash. Spoiler alert, everybody! Uh, cut to crash ship, and then Super Predator and Homeboy fighting in the woods. Then, when it looks like Super Predator is about to claim another trophy, fucking Olivia Munn literally appears out of nowhere, puts the Predator in a scissor leg lock around its head, and starts shooting it. I'm guessing she has some cloaking device or whatever, but still, wasn't she some supposed to be some sort of scientist? It was at this point that I made the decision to never watch this movie. I'm all about shutting your brain off and enjoying shit movies, but not when the movie has some super secret government alien research facility that they let shithead little kids in there like they're qualified scientists.
3: Ah! Just just like with Night Alepus.
2: <laughs> but this is Trump's America we're living in, so I guess anyone can get top level security clearance
3: no you have to know him and or be born rich uh, jesus is it, that shit actually happens in that movie because i haven't seen it yet
2: uh, uh i honestly don't remember because i pretty much purged everything that sounds watching. like i don't remember it being like as terrible as everybody said but when you hear for like weeks and months leading up to the premiere that there was a lot of studio interference and they had to reshoot the third act because studio wasn't happy with something and reshooting the third act caused them to get rid of an entire subplot throughout the entire movie, including a character. Like they had to edit out a complete character. Yeah. You just sort of know like, okay, this is probably going to be a big mess of some sort. So, uh, so I had low expectations just,
3: yeah, like I had, my expectations were so low that I didn't ever see it. So no, I don't know if I ever will now. <laughs> I, I still think the like the predator series was three for three going into that.
2: Mm-hmm. Not counting alien vs. predator. Shut up. Okay. Uh, so Brian says, so I had a few show ideas. You should use them. I had an idea of movie sequels that star actors that could be interchangeable and nobody would know the difference. So first would be Gremlins 2 starring Zach Gallagher, which I think you said you may be doing in the future, and Waxwork 2, also starring Mac, the Zach Man, but you should also do Waxwork because that movie is awesome. That's a, that's a triple feature. That doesn't make any damn sense, Brian. What podcast
3: does he listen to?
2: Right? We do two.
3: We do two, two movies, movies a week. That is it. Jesus.
2: Uh, he continues. Then, since you already did Fright Night Part 2 on the last horror cast, you could do Mannequin 2 On the Move starring Williams Ragsdale and also featuring Christy Swanson. Oh, and I finally got to watching Dead Friend and I fucking loved it. Basketball plus, plus head equals brain matter on the wall is an equation for a great time.
3: I agreed.
2: <laughs> and you can pair that up with Weekend of Bernie's 2. Starting starting the Where Is He Now, Jonathan Silverman, which technically is a zombie movie, so you have to do it. <laughs> it's technically true. Feel free to mix these up if you please, but like I said, leads can be switched around and nobody would know the difference. I've got more ideas, but I'll have to wait for next week since this email long as hell. Love the show, and as always, keep up the great work. Thank you, Brian. We will probably not be doing any of those shows.
3: Yeah, I don't think we're going to cover Mannequin Two on the move. <laughs> Although I was trying to put together Christie Swanson show. my head the other day, mm-hmm. but as I was at work. I try to think, I think about the show a lot when I'm supposed to be working.
2: <laughs> so you don't want to do Tourist Trap and Mannequin Two? No, oh.
3: I covered Tourist Trap on the last forecast
1: about yeah, wow. Deadly Friend and then Deadly Friend again. Yeah,
3: I'd do that. We technically covered that on the last forecast too, but I'll, I'll do make it an exception. Fuck you
1: guys and your previous show, <laughs> Elitism! <laughs> uh,
3: just be glad we don't make you refer to yourself as Scott on the show, so we didn't have to
2: learn.
1: Uh, uh.
2: All right. Did anybody watch anything since last week?
3: Not really, no. No. <laughs> oh, really? Is this going to be the shortest episode in show history? So uh-huh. I'm so busy. Got time well, I, I'm trying sure to think. Brian's right. We should do three movies a week. So.
2: Well, <laughs> no, it's technically lying because I know he went and saw Godzilla.
3: Oh, wow. yeah,
1: I did go see Godzilla. <laughs> For some reason, I was thinking we talked about that on the last show.
2: No, you went the day after.
1: But I probably talked about going to be going to see Godzilla. Yes,
3: you did do that.
1: Uh, You also got out to see it, right, Brian? I sure did. Doug, did you go see Godzilla?
3: I have yet to see it.
1: Mm. You you should go do that. All right.
3: It's a giant giant monster. It's a giant monster? I thought it might have a giant monster in it. I kind of got that from the trailers.
1: (laughs) Uh, Despite what the critics say, the only complaint I would have, there's a little bit too much people in it. And not enough Joe, giant monsters with. hitting each other.
3: Really? Because that's everybody else is saying the opposite.
1: But. Yeah, they're all I, I fucking would, idiots that don't know what a Godzilla movie is. I would
2: argue there's too much plot in this movie. Really? They they come up with reasons why these monsters are being unlocked, and it's like we don't need that. Well, Just, hey, if giant monsters showed up. Godzilla's gonna stop. I would,
1: see that plot, I'm okay with. All the family drama shits completely fucking unnecessary. It serves no purpose.
2: Yeah, I guess so. I would have rather had the family drama and less of the eco-terrorism sort of stuff.
3: Nah. Either way. As long as the monster fighting's good, though. I mm-hmm. think you can get your head around the rest of it.
1: Uh, Fucking Ghidorah looks awesome. hmm Like, awesome, awesome. And I just everything about it, like, it's all... The way it should be. If that, I don't. I don't know how to say it without like getting into spoilery stuff. All of the monstery shit about the monsters is correct. Okay. Uh, the only one that had some pretty major cosmetic and physical changes is Mothra, but that's because if you've ever seen the old Mothra movies, if you put Mothra in a movie like this, it would be weird and pointless because. Mothra would be everyone's bitch okay like a lot of people were complaining that they gave Mothra legs
3: well, I don't think it's unreasonable for an animal to have legs
1: That's yeah that's that's pretty much my opinion too uh, yeah but the, the monster fights are real good uh, you get a lot more of it than you did in the first Godzilla movie which was most people's biggest gripe
3: yeah yeah, my whole thing with that first Godzilla movie is there's a, a moment where, like, that one character like looks at the camera and he's like, let them fight. And it's like, you should have fucking let them fight after that. After that, you should have gotten rid of the human things and had a good, long, giant monster battle. And then that movie would have been really good.
1: Yeah. Uh, Ken Watanabe. Uh, I feel like they really do him justice in this movie because they were like, you know what? We didn't give Ken Watanabe enough shit in the last movie, so maybe we should ha- actually give him like a decent plot point in this one.
2: Sadly, I feel like they should have left out uh, Bradley Whitford. Oh,
1: no. Well, it's just the character
2: he's playing. I feel like they wanted like a 20-something like douchey guy who makes jokes and then they're like oh bradley whitford called he wants to be in the movie and they're like ah fuck uh just give him that role and then didn't change anything about it
3: i should have got uh got him and the, the other guy from Cabin in the woods and had them just be like commentary guys for this movie too oh yeah that'd be great. <laughs> it seems like it would serve purpose like they're just like in some lab monitoring what's going on every time a monster fight happens they get a little two seconds to talk about it <laughs>
2: yeah it's just they uh, some of his like he has wise cracky jokes during everything, and then uh, at some point he makes some comment about like the radiation. he's like, Well, I do someone have kids someday, so I would rather not, and everybody uh, in my head, I'm just like, aren't you like sixty? like if you haven't had kids yet, I think you're you're probably past due. It seems like it, but you know. I don't know. It, it was just a weird character he was playing. Like, he played it to the, you know, to the T, but I just don't think that character
1: was a good fit for him. Right. Uh, if you're a big fan of the old Godzilla stuff, all the Toho stuff, they, uh, they really load in those references mm-hmm. and they try to make it as, uh, not, exa- not exactly, uh, like trying to make it more of a direct remake, but more like they're trying to make the continuity right, if that makes sense. Like no. like Godzilla uh well no, that's a spoiler, We're not gonna talk about
2: that. <laughs> and I don't think they harped on Kong or Skull Island nearly as much as you told me they did.
1: Oh my god, how did you not think that? They say Kong and Skull Island twenty to thirty times in that movie.
2: Eh. What? They also say Monster Zero and and Mothra and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's because Monster Zero is in the movie. Yeah. Mothra's in the movie.
0: God's not me. in the movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they might as well have said, oh man, this is going to be awesome in the sequel and look right into the camera.
2: Yeah, <laughs> didn't bother me.
1: Yeah, the, uh, you know, the picture. That the uh, the scientist chick shows that's like the uh, she's talking about her mom and her aunt or whatever, and it's the two old Asian ladies. Yeah, you know those are the two little girls from the Mothra movies, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I figured that out. I thought that was fun.
1: Yeah, it's dope. I like everything, it's a good movie.
2: <laughs> it's good. It's definitely worth your time, Doug.
3: Yeah, I. I'm hoping to see it because I think big screen is the right way to do it. IMAX yeah. is the way to do it.
2: So That's what I did. I went with
3: IMAX. Yeah. We'll see. I might get out this weekend. We'll see. It's just I such have, a big thing. I have to get this weekend because there'll be nobody else home, but then there'll be nobody else home, so do I want to risk leaving my house at that point?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not leaving my house to avoid anybody because nobody's home don't want to don't want to lose that precious sitting around at home time watching other movies
3: yeah, i could sit up, i could sit out on my deck by myself and it would just be quiet uh, i could do it twice i could do it once in the morning with a coffee and once in the night with a beer <laughs> the same day
2: That's your kid silly. uh your kid yell a lot
3: His kid yell a lot he's two he yells so, yeah. everything he says is a yell <laughs> Or occasionally a whisper, which is so quiet you can't hear it, and then he gets mad because you can't hear him. I
2: was just wondering. I saw that video the other day, again, for like the 50th time, of the dad hearing nothing for the first time in like four years, is what yeah. it says. And I just crack up
3: laughing every time I see it. Yeah, it's. has Every now and again I send my kid to his grandparents because I like to be able to go to bed and then just wake up in the morning and nothing happens in between.
2: <laughs> uh, Alright, do you watch anything else now?
3: No. No, that's it.
2: What did you watch, Doug? Uh,
3: I only got one thing. A uh, movie called Angst. It's from 1983, hmm. I think. Does that sound right to you guys?
2: Sure.
3: Uh, it's a German movie. Uh, basically, the plot is a guy gets released from prison, been in there for 10 years for murder, gets out and immediately decides I'm going to go on a bit of a killing spree again, because murder's probably still fun. haven't done it in 10 years. And we follow him around for like a day while well, he does this before he manages to get caught again, because he's not very sane. Uh, the thing about this movie is, it, it, don't get upset when you hear this, Brian, because it's a compliment in this case, but almost all of the dialogue is like a, a, a monologue over the top, like a, an internal monologue of the character basically telling the audience his life story. But in this particular case, unlike with Deathbed, like it, it adds a super creepy element to the movie because there's times where he's like talking about his childhood and then on screen you're watching him commit these horrible violent acts and you can, you're kind of seeing like okay he's reacting to in his mind what happened to him as a child and now he's taking it out on these other people kind of thing so it's it's just disturbing and the other side of that is something I should have probably mentioned. is they, The movie opens with like a little mini almost like fake documentary about this person where it gives you kind of his life story. So then you also can pick up when he's telling you about his life story there's inconsistencies. Like he's not a reliable narrator for his own life and he's sort of putting the blame on other people for things that were clearly things he did such as murders he committed. That were random acts of violence that he seems to think were other people's fault um so it's it's really creepy uh it's like i say it's it's german and it's from 1983 so it has that weird sort of grime to it um it's shot like mainly with handheld cameras and stuff there's a number of shots where he's like running and it's I don't know how to describe it, but it's almost like the camera's attached to him. So as he's running, he's sort of steady in the shot, and everything's moving around him. It gives it a real voyeuristic type feel. Um, it's also really interesting because he's just a human being and not a movie character. So whenever there's something physical to be done, it's he has difficulty doing it. Like, like you know, there's a scene where he's like breaking a window trying to get in, and he like you see him like trying to smash a window and when he does when it finally breaks he like jumps back and takes a few steps away because the glass is falling at him and you're like oh that's like how humans do it not like in movies where they just break a window and crawl through it Uh, so it just makes it feel very real Uh, i found it to be a very disturbing film and very upsetting which is what it's trying to do so i think the best description i can think of for it is kind of like a cross between uh, henry portrait of a serial killer and american psycho I, think right. american, I mean I think about american psycho with the like the monologuing while he's committing the horrible acts of violence mm. but then with the grime and dirtiness of henry portrait of a serial killer
0: mm.
3: so it was, it was a yeah, pretty upsetting right. for me to watch i, I don't know it's it's also subtitled, which adds something to it because you're having to stare at the screen, like read from the bottom of the screen while he's doing these things. So you're not like can't ever turn your eyes away from some of the horrible stuff that he does.
0: Yeah,
2: that sounds interesting. Sounds like something I may have to check out at some point.
3: Yeah, it's I watched it through Shutter. I assume that means you can do. I don't really know. Oh, probably. Basic like, stuff works, but it's a yeah it was, i don't know i i honestly thought it was just going to be a slasher movie when i picked it and then i'm like it, when i saw it, it's like the, it says on Shutter's like other things related to this and it gives you the option is like henry and i'm like oh that's, it's probably darker than i'm anticipating but
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and i just sure why not i'll still watch it and then it's yeah and it's it's i, I don't want to get too spoilery with it because i don't think most people will have seen it, but it's uh mm-hmm. the way it plays out too is like at the end when he, you just realize he's nuts. And I mean obviously some of the stuff he's done throughout the movie implies that, but it's it's just like it's very obvious that he's gonna get caught and he doesn't change his course of action at all. He just and he thinks he just won't. And it's like, Oh, that's that's not gonna work at all. <laughs> so I don't know I, I I definitely watch it it's definitely creepy and weird it, it's one of those movies that feels super voyeuristic like you're watching something real happen so when, oh. when that something real is him like you know killing people and other more horrific things than that um, gets it's difficult to watch but in a good way
2: cool anything else
3: now, that is the only other thing I watched all week, so...
2: Well, I literally watched something that was probably more disturbing than that. Okay. Which was, uh, I finally got around to finishing Paradise Lost. Okay. Which I started, and got about half an hour in, and I'm like, this is fucked up. So I had to take a break, and then just never got it back around to watching it again. Right. So That's I
3: went rational reaction to that by the way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The opening scene of the first first one is probably one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen where they're you know, there's police footage of them hauling dead bodies of eight year olds out of a creek. Yeah. That, you know, kind of fucked me up when I saw it and I'm like, oh this is gonna be fucked up. So we watched that and then right before we start recording we watched uh paradise lost 2 the follow up yeah. so uh, we watched both of those and uh, once again i just shake my head cuz i just don't i don't understand how you can look at all this stuff and be like yeah there's no no doubt here whatsoever and then just convict people for random shit it,
3: yeah it's it's fucked up I mean, we're not the first people to just to say that no but it's it's just it's such a messed up case because you're like in the documentary i found some i can't remember because it's been a while since i watched them and i've seen all three multiple times but like yeah. i know there's the one scene where they're like it's one of the prosecutors is saying absolutely not like we did not prosecute these guys because of their clothes we genuinely believe they're guilty we believe the evidence shows they're guilty and the filmmakers are like okay well here's the fucking transcript of the court case show us in here the piece of evidence that you think is going to convince us that they're guilty and the guy's like oh don't worry we genuinely think they're guilty it's like okay yeah here's the transcript turn to the page show us what it is in here like that that you think is going to make these people look guilty and they they got nothing like it's and
0: you just yeah. I,
2: yeah I mean that's like when the first one was over i'm like that's an. That's a definite case of the jury had their mind made up as soon as they walked into the courthouse if yeah. it was gonna go down. And it's probably because they're just I don't know, the entire situation just seemed like they broadcast exactly what they wanted people to know about this before the trial even started.
3: Yeah. And I mean, I think maybe one of the things that gets a little lost in the documentaries is how fucked up the town was as a result of these murders. Yeah, like, I think that you know, like, yeah, I, I get that people just wanted they wanted this over and done with. They wanted case closed, but mm-hmm. this is not the right way to do it.
2: Yeah, and it's yeah. It's, there's there's just so much glaring stuff that is just like, well, we literally just handed you two other uh, suspects that could have done this, like during the actual first trial. And it's like, nah, no doubt, no doubt in my mind that these kids did it. Just because one of them's uh, into Wicca and they all listen to Metallica.
3: Like, yeah, like the one, uh, like especially that, what, Damien, the, the yeah. lead kid. Like, he doesn't do himself a lot of favors. He is kind of a douchebag, but I think he. I think if, you, if you've listened to interviews with him, he'll say, like, yeah, like, I just figured, what do I have to worry about? I didn't do it, so how could I get convicted? Mm-hmm. It's like, uh I guess yeah. you can, right? Like, it's
2: Yeah, he ends the first documentary saying that, you know, he'll be remembered forever. People will think of him as the boogeyman. And then the second documentary opens with him, going, yeah, I didn't, I probably shouldn't have said that, because I was just kind of not taking it seriously, because... You know, I'm innocent, so I figured eh, it's not going to be a big deal. But then he's been chided with that like that quote ever since. Yeah. And it's like, oh, Jesus.
3: But I mean, he was whatever, 18 or something. Like, it's,
2: yeah.
3: 18-year-old kids are allowed to say dumb things. Mm-hmm. They better be allowed to because they're going to either way. So. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. I have trouble. I can't go back and watch those documentaries because they're too upsetting to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like I said, we just got done with the second one, and it's just like fuck. And I know like what the end resolution is to the entire situation, yeah. but I, I just don't know the details of how we get up to it. So I'm just curious to see in this third one, like how it's all going to go down or whatever. You're not going to like it. Probably, probably not. But that Mark Byers guy is like a fucking lunatic. Every time he shows up on screen, we're just like, "Oh Jesus
3: Christ, with this guy!" So yeah, um, that's yeah, such a fucked up thing, and it's so like I know it like hits ho- close to home for you know people like us <laughs> because it's you know yeah. prob- probably we kind of looked and talked a little more like those kids <laughs> than some other people did when we were younger, but it's I I remember trying to explain it to somebody once, and I'm like, you don't understand, like when you're if even if you're like a, a geek and whatever, if you're passing, if you can get out, get along in normal society and manage to fit in, some of us can't do that. You know, <laughs> so us like, you know, every day at work have to just kind of avoid conversations because everyone's just going to look at you funny. If you say what's in your head right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a depressing couple of days going through that whole situation. Yeah. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, when we when we started the rewatch of the first one cuz you know after we stopped I just fast-forwarded through the first like 15 minutes cuz I'm like I just can't. Yeah. I just can't watch that video, that police footage of them down at the creek and stuff. I mean like, that's it's that so seriously fun. like one of the most upsetting things I've ever seen in my entire life. And I mean I'm, that's 100% its purpose. But it's just like I just can't can not deal with it.
3: Have you ever seen the uh... Dramatized movie of that. No, I forget what it's called. Uh, I'm not going to remember during the course of this conversation. <laughs> um, but it was it was quite good, and it did a good job of like the opening part of it is kind of telling the story of the murders, and then the next part is the the trials and all that. And so it does like a decent job of like showing you like how upset this town is, and how everyone just wants this solved and wants somebody mm-hmm. and how it made it easy to just go after anybody really that you wanted to
2: yeah did they cast uh, brain damage Gary Busey as that Mark Byers guy because I could see it
3: no, no <laughs> it, the guy they cast actually looks a lot like no. I, I know the actor but I could not tell you he's one of those guys like I know who he is I couldn't possibly tell you <laughs> where I know him from or what his name is. but
2: That's unfortunate for that guy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I'm sure we'll be finishing uh, part three here in the next day or so.
3: <sighs> yeah, there's, there's going to be elements of it that will upset you. We'll discuss them together.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm almost positive. Yeah, I, I mean, this was upsetting enough. I don't know how many times watching this I just went, Jesus fucking Christ like over and over.
3: When you watch the footage now and you're just like, how is this stuff even allowed in a court of law? Let alone, how did people convict based on this?
2: Yeah. And then also uh, pretty much restrict the defense from uh, presenting anything. Like, was it that one kid, they got that kid from juvie to testify that the other kid told him all the stuff that he did to that kid or whatever. Yeah and then the the guy for the guy that like runs juvie called them and told them like don't believe anything this kid says because he's a straight up liar and like the defense wasn't allowed to like call that guy to the to come testify in court
3: uh, yeah I forgot about that element of it it was just like well, what the fuck
2: like how are we supposed to prove that this kid's lying if we can't like pull his uh, uh, supervisor or whatever the fuck you want to call him in the court, that straight up tell you why he's lying and how this guy knows he's lying. Yeah, it's just yeah. a fucked up system. That I just don't get, and hopefully, we'll never have to deal with.
3: Yeah, it it reminds me. Did you ever watch Making a Murder?
2: Oh yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Like, and it's like I, I don't like that one seems to be a little. It's a little less clear whether the guy's innocent or guilty, but mm. what's really clear is that. There's not a fair judicial system.
2: No. That's why, after the first season, people asked me if I thought he was guilty or not. And I'm like, I don't want to say he's not guilty, but based on all that bullshit, he definitely deserves a new trial.
3: Well, I, when it came down to that one, I'm like, how can it be legal for pro- the same prosecutor to go in two different courtrooms with two different defendants and argue two different sets of facts mm-hmm. and then claim that both of those are provable beyond a reasonable doubt. Shouldn't yeah. the reasonable doubt just be the fact that, hey, didn't you say a different thing happened in that other courtroom right over there?
2: Yeah, but <laughs> like, you're not you're not allowed to use a testimony in the other trial in this trial. I just don't kidding. understand like it's it's on court record, but you're not allowed to use that court record to defend yourself and it makes absolutely no fucking sense.
3: Yeah like, it I yeah, again uh, I just like that, that blew my mind, and I remember like watching it. In the, the the interview with the one of the lawyers, and they're like, "Yeah, this happens quite a bit, and it's just allowed." And I'm like, "How can that be? Like, if how can there not be a reasonable doubt if the prosecutors can't say what they think happened? They're arguing two different things happened."
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's fucked. And I watch all these, and I get like freaked out. And, like, I hope I never even get pulled over for a speeding ticket. Jesus
3: Christ. Well, that's the thing, is that's where it leaves you, right? Is scared to live your life.
2: Mm. <sighs> there right. uh, That's pretty much all I watched. I was trying to think of something else. but um, Oh, me and Amanda started watching uh, Good Omens based on the uh, Gaiman co-written book. Uh, David Tennant and Michael Sheen are... Michael Sheen's an angel, David Tennant's a demon. And basically, the world's going to end. And they really like the world, so they decide to try to figure out how to stop the Antichrist from causing the world to end. And sort of... A hilarious sort of back and forth of shenanigans. Uh, It's been good so far. We're only like two episodes in,
1: but... It pissed off a bunch of uh, white supremacists, so that makes me happy.
2: Oh, really? For what?
1: Uh, two things. Number one, at the beginning, whenever they show Adam and Eve and they're black. Oh, yeah. They did not like that. And then there's. Oh, I'm trying to remember which episode it is. It's like the second or third episode uh, where they kind of go back through history and they show how Crowley and. Uh, angel guy kind of became friends over time and they basically go through all the biblical stuff that basically has Crowley pointing out like yeah God's kind of a bastard you know that right (laughs) like and then he's going no no and he's like he's going to kill everyone yes because they're evil and he's like the babies Uh, (laughs) pregnant women Uh, I'm sure there's a reason for
2: it. (laughs) Yeah, David Tennant's pretty awesome as Crowley. He's usually pretty awesome in just about everything he's in, but yeah, I'm loving him and uh, Michael Sheen's back and forth in it.
1: I was going to say, I think the funny thing is, I think I came in it for uh, David Tennant and Michael Sheen's really the one who like his weird stuffy, uncomfortable British angel character is, is
3: amazing. I have to watch this. this. sounds pretty good.
2: Yeah, it's based on the uh, the book, but I've never read the book, so i got nothing to go on. But yeah, I'm just enjoying the series so far. It's only six episodes. So, yeah. What you think? Um, I don't think so. Is it maybe a co-production, maybe? I'm not sure. Because like John Hamm's in it, and like a bunch of other people michael mckeon's in it but he's playing a british guy yeah i don't know but i mean the whole thing kind of hinges on the fact that uh sort of like in the omen where they switch the baby out and give the american ambassador the antichrist when his kid is born they go to do that but then it gets all fucked up and the wrong baby goes to the wrong family, so they think they know where the Antichrist is, but it turns out they actually don't. So,
3: yeah. yeah. Sometimes you lose your car keys. Sometimes you lose an Antichrist. Whatever. <laughs> Happens to the best of us.
2: Yeah, it's a good, it's good. I'm enjoying the comedy. I'm, it's just it's really well written, so it's definitely worth a watch. I think it's fun.
1: Yeah, there's, um, there's a bunch of little things that happen in it that are just fucking fantastic.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like there's there's a character who's a really really good person, and and as long as that person's a good person, there's no problems. In this this crazy witch girl unleashes a torrent of conspiracy theories on it and basically fucks his whole life up. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, so worth a watch. It's an Amazon original, so. Should be on Amazon Prime. I would imagine that uh, it would be on Amazon Prime up there in Canada. If it's an Amazon Original, it should
3: be. Yeah,
2: yeah. So worth a watch. Uh, I've been enjoying it. I think we got four episodes left, so should be good. Once I get this Paradise Lost three out of the way, then I can go back to watch.
0: Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future.
2: Uh, all right. So next week. We've uh, decided to watch some movies that deal with monsters on TV. Sort of. So we're going to be checking out Terror Vision and The Video Dead, which I've never seen The Video Dead, so this may prove interesting. Did you That's say true. you didn't like Noah?
1: Say what? Did you
2: say you didn't like The Video Dead?
1: Uh, I'm more neutral on it than anything, I think. It's just, it's not bad. I just didn't particularly get anything yeah.
3: out of it. Yeah, well, we'll see. I've <sighs> never seen either of these movies. That's how they ended up on the list.
2: No. We're going to knock two off the list for Doug next week. You're either going to be really happy or you're going to be like, oh, this is a horrible idea.
1: Yeah. well, I think I don't think I've seen Terror Vision.
2: Uh, I'm trying to think of what to compare it to. I don't know. I enjoy it.
3: Most people compared to the video dead. But
2: well I do have the double feature disc from Screen Factory with both of them on it. That's
1: perfect. Either way, if they're bad I can just go watch video drone Yeah.
2: There is that. There's a friend of mine from work that uh, wants to watch more like weird cult films and stuff. The same guy that I had to show Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness to. Yeah. I asked him if I've ever if he's ever seen video drum but he's never even heard of it. So I'm trying to decide if I need to
3: sear
1: that into his brain or not.
3: Well, it's a tough one. Just ask him
1: how he feels about uh, chest vaginas. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well if you're pro chest vagina, then really you you gotta be a video. There's no way around
2: it. Yeah, because he's coming over on Sunday to watch the movies. We're going to watch Into the Spider Verse. Nice. And, and then I told him, cause he hasn't seen it yet, and I told him we could. Uh, what?
3: That's a perfect double fill into the Spider Verse. Video drum.
2: Video drone. I love it. Uh, I was thinking maybe like Monster Squad, but I don't know. I may have to swap that out for Video Drum.
3: I'd probably do Monster yeah. Squad. I'd do a different double bill.
2: <laughs> into
1: Into the Spider-Verse and uh, New Frontier. Fuck is New Frontier? Justice League New Frontier. Oh, uh, okay. yeah. The the other best animated superhero thing ever made. It is good.
2: I don't know if that's what we're going with.
1: Dude, initially, watch-
2: it was, initially, it was just Spider-Verse. He was just coming over and watch Spider-Verse, but then he said he had nothing going on that day. And I'm like, well, I can grab a couple more movies. We can figure out something to watch. You gotta watch Monster Squad, especially if he hasn't seen it. He's never seen Monster Squad
1: before. Well, that, Monster that Squad needs its own dedicated day.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, you could be. Well, you could be watched on its own. You can just you can do that again later. Also watch Monster Squad.
2: Mm. Yeah, I told him. Uh, Ask if he's seen Night of the Creeps or Monster Squad. He's never seen either one of them, so we have, oh, oh, have to make that happen at some point. Gonna have to make that happen. Probably is going to be a monster squad, but we'll see. He's only like 26, so I don't know if he has like a deep love for like the universal monsters. But, um, I don't know. We'll find out. Maybe I can sell him in the, uh, it's like Goonies with monsters
3: aspect of it. Yeah, I think if you like, if he likes the Kids on Bikes movies, he'll be happy with Monster Squad. Mm. I don't think you necessarily need to love the monsters, because they... The renditions of the monsters in that movie are so good that they stand on their own. You don't need to be a fan going in.
1: Yeah, it's true. I mean, if you like horror movies and you like the Goonies, you
3: better fucking like
2: Monster Squad. <laughs> if he doesn't, I'll <laughs>
1: kick him idiot. out of my house.
3: Yeah, no, yeah. If, don't be friends with somebody who doesn't like Monster Squad. That's ridiculous. Yeah.
1: Non-non-insider genre hot take. Monster Squad better than the Goonies.
3: Yeah. I won't argue with that. It's just a right. casual observation of life,
1: right? I th- yeah, but I think that only if if you said that to anyone outside of the horror genre, they'd be like, "What the fuck are you
3: talking about?" Yeah, those people are dumb. Yeah, they're all wrong.
2: I uh, we'll one time it, got no One time I had a different coworker come over because he'd never seen the movie UHF before, and we watched it. And I, I asked him like, "Ah, oh, so what you think?" And he's like. Eh, it was alright. I told him to get out of my house so he never came over again. Yeah,
3: that sounds about right. I gotta rewatch UHF. now. I got a lot of stuff. <laughs> that...
2: <laughs> Don't
3: you know the Dewey Deciple system?
2: <laughs> uh,
3: you want the fish or the box? Oh my fish God. or the box?
2: I'll take the <laughs>
1: box, Chewy. The box, the box. It's nothing! Absolutely nothing! Stupid! <laughs> uh, God, I fucking love that movie.
2: <laughs> the only thing I'm sad about is he never made another movie.
1: Well, if I remember right, UHF kind of bombed.
2: I don't care. I personally want another
1: movie.
3: Well, you would think that that would have been the time, would have Right then and there would have been to just jump into the uh the direct to video market for that, right? Yeah. It seems like it could have been perfect.
2: Yeah. Yeah, just do another direct to video movie. I mean I mean Ernest did it. He had some theatrical movies and then went straight to video. Yeah. We now could've done it.
3: Everybody should follow the Ernest path. <laughs> Everyone would you just look at that And that should be your career goal
2: Well I'm sure he made quite a living Playing Ernest so there are worse things to do yeah.
1: There should have been crossovers
2: Ernest Weird, and
1: Weird Al Weird, Weird Al, Ernest And Pee Wee
3: I'll give you guys something to, to get mad at me about if you want here right now
1: Oh Jesus
3: I'm Never a Pee Wee fan
2: God damn it
3: Doug didn't like. Well, I, I I never watched any of the movies. I just didn't like the TV show on it.
2: Oh come on! You gotta watch Pee Wee's Big Adventure. It's actually a lot different than the TV show. It? Yeah, yeah. It, it's a lot more darker humor, which I was a big fan of.
1: I was gonna say you could also watch his stage show, which is disturbing.
2: Yes, the original HBO stand-up stage show was raunchy as hell, but presented as a kid show. Yeah. Honestly, well, if you watched his stage show and then at least Pee Wee's Big Adventure, I was never a big fan of Big Top Pee Wee. Um, I think you would look at that and be like, why did they decide to give this guy a children's show?
3: Well, network ex- executives are, are very dumb. They do dumb things as a result of being dumb, so I'm never surprised when it's stuff like that.
1: I mean, it was about the same time that they made Robocop into a cartoon and the Toxic Avenger into a cartoon and,
2: the- and Rambo into a cartoon.
1: Yeah, Rambo. yeah. Their idea of what appropriate children's programming was, it was a
3: little twisted. Yeah, I mean it was there was a lot of R rated properties that became cartoons.
1: God damn Doug not liking fucking Paul Rubens. Fuck Fuck you, Doug. Love Paul <laughs> Rubens. Love him!
3: Hey, I I think I'm the only one here who put a Paul Rubens movie on the list of things to watch. Yeah, maybe. So. Challenge accepted.
2: Uh, Shit,
3: so, what did I just do to myself?
2: Oh, we're watching Mystery Men. <laughs> That'll be good. That'd be alright. I can live with that. Um, so, my friend has a terrible fear of clowns like Seriously, we'll almost get like a panic attack if I send him a picture of Tim Curry. Uh, if we were just talking about him one day, and we were trying to narrow it down, um, trying to narrow it down like what would have caused it, and it wasn't it because he was already scared of clowns before that even popped up. That just made it worse. So we were going back and forth, and I guess since Doug hasn't seen it, he won't know, but... We think we narrowed it down to the to the dream sequence from Pee Wee's Big Adventure when his bike is being operated on, and all of like the doctors and stuff are clowns like running around, and it's probably one of the most terrifying scenes like ever. And he's like, I think that may have been it. Like I think I watched that and it freaked me out so much I never wanted to like clowns
1: like ever again. Maybe killer clowns from outer space.
2: No, he didn't mind that one for some reason, but
1: maybe yeah. just the existence of clowns <laughs> That's like, true. there is nothing normal or okay about a clown like, they're the only i am i am as liberal as it gets and all people are equal and should be treated with respect except for clowns <laughs> <laughs> they need to have a separate Separate but equal thing going on. There should be a clown island where all the clowns can go and they can live out their clown lives. Ugh. You do know the uh
2: um whatever the union of clowns is.
1: Yeah, fuck those guys.
2: They're all pissed off at Stephen King ever since it came out. Oh yeah. They've said he's they said he's made it impossible for clowns
1: to be accepted in society.
3: But why, again, I'm pretty
1: I, sure John Wayne Gacy did a better job.
3: <laughs> um, I, I think at some point we all have to agree to that it's not like it's not somebody else's fault. Clowns are creepy. That's clowns did this to themselves. Well, it's impossible for them to be accepted in society. Well, do they deserve to be? Is the question you have to follow up with?
1: No. <laughs> Easy answer. Uh, rather uh, have rather have mimes around. <laughs>
3: Oh, come on. Let's not be ridiculous. You always got to take things too far.
0: <laughs> Fucking minds. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment.